Tell me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Realize that you can watch all of the shit that's out there. Don't let either company trick you into thinking it's a us versus them thing. Just enjoy the wrestling. Whether it's WWE or AEW or NXT, you guys don't have to choose. You can f watch it all. That's rad. Fight forever, Guardian! I think he broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Would you like us to be recorded? Yes, please molest me. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, everyone, to HIAC Talk Radio. Hey, yo, it's a, it's not a long one this week. Just walk away. Just walk away. Just walk away. <laughs> I wonder how many people who listen understand either of those references. It's okay. Uh, I know Kelly and, and Matt won't get it. I know Matt's uh, got the song because he's never seen those movies, I don't think. <laughs> and Kelly hasn't seen those movies either. I had to explain that one to her when we watched that one. Ah. Uh... Okay, but you still married a good woman, Dan, despite that. Yeah, well, you know what? To be fair, there are movies that I haven't seen that she's gone, what? what? And it's mostly movies you've seen that you've also gone, what? Well, so, I, I have to confess here, and I'm doing it right now on HIAC Talk Radio. This is non-wrestling related, folks, but I feel that we've uh, come to we've come to be known as known as Reds. yes. Uh, for the last couple of years since I've been doing that show. So I can come clean with you and I can uh, definitely come clean with you, Dan. Um, as uh, right now, we're in 1986. Um, the number one movie is, is Top Gun and uh, Russians are, uh, of course, a part of our everyday lives now. And I was, inc I was asked because I was invited to a advanced screening of Top Gun Maverick. And I... Uh, frequently asked, have I seen Top Gun Maverick? Hey, Craig, you love movies. Have you seen Top Gun Maverick? And I politely said, no, I didn't see it. No, I didn't see it. But I can confess to you, Dan Kalachiko, my friend of yeah. 13 years, and our loyal listeners and viewers of HIAC Talk Radio, that the reason why I have not seen Top Gun Maverick is because I never saw the first one. <laughs> well... You're not missing it. Just watch Days of Thunder again and put planes in it. You got it. Yeah, well, I yeah, and that's why I watched now Days of Thunder magazine. Because that's a great I've movie. Seen, yes, and because, and if, by that, by proxy, I feel I've seen Top Gun. I know everything about Top Gun. I know Goose Guys. I know Iceman. I know that the volley, I know that anything that's uh, related to gay is related right to my one of my favorite insults is gayer than the volleyball scene in Top Gun. That's all. That's, and I always go with that as a standby joke when somebody mm -hmm. says something gay or mm -hmm. says or alludes to something being homosexual. I always go with gayer than the volleyball scene in Top Gun. Uh, but no, I have not seen the movie at all. Because, well, let's let's just say I think Top Gun is a horrible movie. 
Yep. And I'm not jumping on the bandwagon of saying it's a good movie because the new one's out. The new one might be a great movie. The big thing at the end has already been spoiled for me, so I'll watch it when it's on TV yeah. because I like this actor that I'm not going to spoil for you, but you probably already know what I'm talking about. I do. Uh, it was spoiled for you, too, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, of course it was, because everybody's got to go, let's just see what happened! Um, however... In my world, there is only one jet fighter movie and one only. And it stars Lewis Gussett Jr. Yes. And the song from Queen called One Vision. Yes. And it's Iron Eagle. There is no other answer. Everybody else's answer is incorrect. It's just Iron Eagle. That's and it. If you're wondering, folks, if Dan is just copying word for word that what um Johnny Lawrence talked about in Cobra Kai. He's not Johnny because Johnny. I've never seen Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Yes, but but Danny, but Dan, just like Johnny Lawrence, still consider Iron Eagle the greatest. Is that really a plot point? Oh, Dan and Cobra Kai. Johnny Lawrence is still stuck in the eighties. I mean, be, when you see his his uh, his apartment in the show, he's got all of his posters and you drive the same car he did in 86 and he doesn't know how to date uh, in today's world because he doesn't know what apps are he doesn't know what how to use his computer and everything like that right so he just asked her his favorite movies and he goes so you know just like think like i don't know just think of the, the greatest movie of all time and it, right away he goes iron eagle so yeah but i mean just like for real like yeah, Iron Eagle. Yeah, yeah. Iron and Eagle. Goes, and like anytime anyone says anything bad, he goes, even in one of his dates, uh, who hasn't heard of Iron Eagle, he ends the date immediately because no, nothing and no one will ever disparage Iron Eagle. When you get a chance to see Cobra Kai, and I cannot stress this enough to Dan and to listeners and viewers of HIAC, if you have not seen Cobra Kai, please do yourself a favor. If not, and I put it this way, if you're a fan of Top Gun, Cobra Kai is for you. Even if you're not a fan of Karate Kid, Cobra Kai is for you. If you're a fan of Iron Eagle, yeah, oh my Cobra God, Kai yes. is for you. Yes. I, 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 I still consider Cobra Kai to be the Iron Eagle tribute series because there's so many references to it. And the, the fact that uh, William Zapka's character, Johnny Lawrence, still consider that it's it's the greatest movie of all time it's not even like a discussion any other movie that comes up godfather star wars what no well none of them have iron eagle in it so it, it doesn't count i mean he's not wrong no he's not if you talk to johnny and if you talk to me uh, to you yes and it's funny and, that johnny and i myself share the exact same middle name yes that is true. so i mean i didn't plan that that's just the way it is yeah, it is. So you're both destined for greatness. Yes, and I am yeah. destined for greatness. I always thought that Karate Kid in some form would come back because I'm sure you remember this because of your love for Preston Steve as I do. There was yeah. that song in the mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. uh, Sweep the leg. Remember? Yes. Yes. Sweep the leg. And that was yeah. that's a great. It's a great song, too. And it mm -hmm. starts yes. Billy Zabka and, right. and, and the great um, video. Yeah. And the video at the end has uh, why am I blanking on his name? Ralph Macchio Ralph at the Macchio. end, mm -hmm. he hits him with the car and it's really well done. I forgot the name of the band, unfortunately. It wasn't uh, 
it's not Arctic monkeys, but it's a monkey something. Yeah. It's monkey fucking a football. Was, was it the Bloodhound Gang? No, no. no. Okay. Um, let me go. It's going to bother me now. Okay. But I figured that that video was so well received and No More Kings is the band the name. No of More them. Kings. Okay. Yeah. But it I, was I, well I, received and nobody cared about the band, but the, the movie the, was the, the movie. Yeah. The video, the, the, the video was well received. So I assumed mm-hmm. I'm like, they, they've got to see this. Right. And they're going to go, let's do something with it other than the remake. And you know what else kind of gave it uh, the uh, a put that it kind of didn't let it go. Uh, How I Met Your Mother, when they had a, their Halloween episodes, uh, Neil Patrick Harris's Barney would dress up as the real hero of the Karate Kid, and he dressed up like Danny Lawrence in Cobra Kai, and it was and it was Barney, Neil Patrick Harris's character that first talked about this is ten years before Cobra Kai was even a series. Yeah, how yeah. Danny Lawrence was a hero of the show. Think about it, newcomer, outsider comes out of steals his girl. Okay, and then Johnny Lawrence. Yeah, and then he illegal kick to the face. He was the first. That was the first time, and even it was even brought up in Cobra Kai, the very first episode, how the kick was illegal. What did Elizabeth Shue say when they started the the, the, the tournament? What when Danny goes? What are the rules here? Okay, everything here is legal. Anything no kicks to the face or below the waist is anything to the face or below the waist is illegal. But you can stern them, arms, chest, it's all legal. So but why was that allowed to happen then? They addressed that, Dan, in the very first episode of Cobra. Do Town. they really are yes. well, I'm watch it now? Because I need answers. But 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 Neil Patrick Harrison, How I Met Your Mother was the first one to say that out loud that so many people have said throughout the years during Karate Kid. This is back when there was no Karate Kid talk at all, but when Neil Patrick Harris dressed up like Johnny Lawrence every year for Halloween, every year they had a Halloween episode, he was Daniel Lawrence until... Put William, him in a body bag! Yeah! Until William Zapka actually showed up and cameoed as himself in How I Met he Your Mother. He wasn't doing anything else until the show came out, I'm gonna frame Yeah, but, but, but that the, the No More King song, How I Met Your Mother, we see how Cobra Kai, Daniel... Um, Johnny Lawrence has never left the public consciousness. And when Cobra Kai came back, it was such Kevin Smith's favorite show. He said it over and over again. Yeah, he really likes it. Yeah. Yeah. When they it was a, uh, a, t- a time to host a panel to host Cobra Kai. And uh, I think it was the San Diego Comic Con. So there wasn't one. And Kevin's, I'll fucking do it. And I'll, <laughs> you know, they don't even have to show up. I'll just sit and talk about Cobra Kai for an hour. I don't care. Um, and he can. And he can. And folks, this is a wrestling podcast. Just wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Before you do that. Yes. Before we get to the wrestling, since we're mentioning nerd stuff. Yes. And I know Nerd Herd is just coming up in two weeks, but I got to say, friend to friend. Yes, sir. You mentioned Iron Eagle. No, I mentioned Iron Eagle. You mentioned Top Gun. Mm hmm. You mentioned the 80s. We're going to throw in Kate Bush there since everybody all of a sudden is like, oh, it's a really good song. Yeah, no shit. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Um, but to continue on the 80s kick, uh-huh. next year begins the year of Ghostbusters. It, it is. I don't know if you've heard, but I'm sure you have. Mm-hmm. We're getting another movie. Yeah. An animated movie. Mm-hmm. An animated series. And a continuation of the Dark Horse comic. 
from the 80s and 90s of Ghostbusters. My God, am I a happy boy. Yeah. And and Dan, not to throw water on your announcement or to dim your enthusiasm and all, but since I've known you, every year is Ghostbusters. It's I, Ghostbusters. Fair enough. So I, fair I, enough. I, I mean, I'm I'm saying, but you're you're saying that this next year is going to be more so than than this year, than previous years. Culturally, yes. You, you know what's funny is I told Kelly. I, I said, uh, "Listen, I know we just bought this house, but we're going to have to buy a house with an extra room because." I don't know how to tell you this, but <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff probably coming out that I'm going to need. Not want, need. This is a need. This yeah. is, I must, I cannot survive without it. Uh, that's empty. Um, <laughs> kind of deal. So just get ready now. I love you dearly. Uh, please don't divorce me. I want uh, Ghostbuster stuff, please. So please. we'll see how that goes. Yes. Uh, I'm still living off a high, but yes, as you said, this is a wrestling podcast. So, um, yes, let's get to the wrestling. And unfortunately, we begin on kind of a meh note. Mm-hmm. This one, Jeff Hardy. Yes, was arrested again mm-hmm. for DUI again. after all of that again, after all of that. Mm-hmm. After the discussion of leaving the match and how he was clean and they he wanted to see records and that it would have proven him right. After all of that and going to AW and debuting and the Hardy Boys were there again. After all of that, all the trash talking between nobody's on Twitter about how the WWE wellness policy is garbage. Here we are again. And you know. Mm-hmm. The sympathy, how sympathetic and how understanding I am of addiction there by the grace of God go. I I've dealt with it firsthand, secondhand. I been on that east side of it many, many times. Get a goddamn driver. Yeah. Aren't you rich? Mm-hmm. As far as wrestling, aren't you rich, son? You, and- Hire a driver. Yeah. And even if you're not rich, if you knew having thought you, I'm, I know you can afford an Uber and I know you've made enough friends and hangers on that someone, Hey, I can drive you home, Jeff. It's no problem. That's the thing. I mean, if only there was somebody in the same company that knows where he lives, and can drive him home. Come on, man, get some help. Get the, you have a gift that most people either think they have on Twitter or people would kill for as far as wrestling. Again, I understand the addiction thing and the, the, the battle's never over. So the higher half of your problems disappear with a driver. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I, I am unsympathetic at this turn of events. Of course, I don't want him harm. I'm glad no one was hurt. I don't want him hurt. I don't want him to hurt somebody else. I don't want him to suffer. I want him to work because I like Jeff Hardy. But at the same time, you could have killed somebody. And in 2022, there is literally no excuse. You have every tool around you other than word of not only word of mouth, but your phone. You mentioned Uber, Craig. You have every, every reason in the book to not get a DUI. A multi 
billion dollar family owns the wrestling company you now wrestle for either side of it mcmahon con someone can get you a ride sir stop it and to the usos on the other side get a job get a ride you know people get a ride oh my god there's so many things to unpack about this because um you know they're not flying across the country now and and even with the uso they they this is when they were wrestling exclusively in florida this is back you know and they live in florida yeah. So you're they're not you're not flying, you're not driving cross country like the old days when you had to drive to your next get yeah, you're within miles of your own home. Um, and same thing with with Jeff. He lives in Florida. So um where this took place um was c- completely avoidable, which is why we're both so frustrated at this. And Jeff Hardy could have killed someone, or it's you know, like the way Tammy killed him. He could have killed. It could have killed himself, you know. Or the way Tammy Sitch's luck ran out after multiple DUIs, she she killed someone. Um, and with Jeff, he could have killed himself. Um, I'm in the other side of of the camp um, with Jeff Hardy because Jeff, when Jeff Hardy walked out of the WWE and literally walked out of the company during the middle of a match, walked left the ring, walked through the crowd, and and we discussed it and we discussed it here on this this very podcast uh the wwe offered to if you go into rehab we'll pay for it for it and jeff said no um he had passed the drug test and they wanted him to take another one and he said no and so he left um that doesn't mean that his troubles are over because If anyone with addiction knows, once you're an addict, you're always an addict. That doesn't go away. Every day is a it challenge. It's a daily battle. Yes, exactly. Daily, and in some and in some cases, it's an hourly challenge. It's That's true. Yeah. It, 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 it and with Jeff Hardy, the way he's been used in AEW, which we've discussed on this podcast, is absolutely ridiculous. The amount of physical, he's done more physical shit with this company in the last month than he did his last go round, his last tour of duty with the WWE. They have him wrestling ladder matches, multiple ladder matches. On Wednesday nights? On Wednesday nights? For what? I'm not saying all of this to excuse Jeff Hardy's behavior at all. Nope. But I'm saying Jeff Hardy is not someone who, who should be wrestling right now. I at least not wrestling as often as he is. The fact that the the, the AEW blew and any big money pay per view return of the Hardy Boys, the fact that they blew that on national TV, you don't put a guy like Jeff Hardy or even his brother Matt, who's already had three concussions since he's been in AEW, back in the ring on the and just treat them like any other tag team, especially with a guy like Jeff Hardy. Keep him as, as only for pay-per-views or a special match because the more bumps he takes, and I cannot – I was afraid for Jeff Hardy's life 10 years ago, okay? 20 years ago. 20 years ago. I mean, to see him – but to see him struggle now, again, that's not excusing 
driving or twice the legal limit and people saying, oh, well, look at the way his body's beat up it. Yes, granted, yes, but. That's why you have a driver. Exactly. If you can barely move in the ring, why are you driving anywhere? Is what I'm saying. So um, obviously we're, we're, we, we're pulling for Jeff Hardy. Obviously we want, we don't want this I am. to happen again. And no. we all are. It wouldn't be, he wouldn't be trending on Twitter the last two days if we, if we didn't love Jeff Hardy so much. Um, but I don't know. And Tony Khan released a statement before we went on the air uh, today or this afternoon uh, that Jeff Hardy has been suspended without pay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, yeah, that'll show him. Um, but if he does not, if he refuses to rehab in AEW, I don't know why you would keep him around. Fire him. If you For his own fucking good, keep him home. Yes, keep him home. If you're, if you're not going to get the help that we're going to provide for you, because we want to see you here, we want, to, we, we want you to live, then you can't work for us anymore. I don't want him to work anymore, period. I think Jeff Hardy's done his time. I've always had a problem with guys that were, I said the same thing about Edge coming back, even though Edge Edge's return um, outside of what they just did to him on Raw last week um, has been great. Another, another misstep, another mishandled, um, n- terrible booking, I should say. But um, with Jeff Hardy, the it, it's all in AEW's court, honestly. Um, I'm not going to, it's always been in Jeff Hardy's hands, but if he's not going to get the help that's been offered, that's offered to him, then the, the company needs to let him go. It's how you deal with it. It's how you deal with addicts. It's how you deal with addiction. You can't be enablers anymore. And even if, if the solution is, okay, we'll just hire you a driver. Then, then okay. That means, uh, that, okay, so that means when Jeff gets drunk again, He'll at least get home safe. He'll get home without yeah. hurting. I just, I don't understand. I don't either. Um, and, you know, with, uh, with, bo- with both companies, you know, missing their top stars now due to injury and we needing as many people healthy as we can, this really came at a, at a at a bad time you know you look at wwe and reigns is out the number one baby face cody's out now we know for nine months um and with no nine months holy it, shit. It's nine months he just had surgery his surgery was successful but nine months cody rose is going to be out for nine months um the plus side and because of Cody's great determination, I'm predicting right now on this show, June 14th, on this edition of HIAC Talk Radio, that Cody Rose will win the Royal Rumble. That will put his return at eight months. But again, I'm not doubting Cody. If Cody can wrestle with a torn tricep uh, and he's due nine months, I, I would bet on him coming back in eight. So I'm saying it right now, Cody Rose will win the Royal Rumble. Now, what's going to happen between this time? I have no idea because, once again, 
because the lousy booking, the WWE had, doesn't have anyone um, that could step in. What they had would have been perfect, uh, would have been Seth Rollins, after, especially after his, uh, his plea to his uh, shaking hands with Cody after their match um, at Hell in a Cell. He set himself up perfectly to be the number, the, the new number one babyface, and assess Roman Reigns match again after what they haven't wrestled each other in what five, three years, four years. Bring yeah, back that so. shield, yeah. yeah. That would have, he would have been a perfect number one face going through because he's still over, fans still, and he can drop that whole laughing gimmick and just go back to being and drop the freaking from his middle name. And just go back to being Seth Rollins, but they blew that. He attacks Cody, and now he's a heel again. So now we still don't have a number one baby face. I don't know what the hell they're doing, Bobby Lashley, and Theory. That was the worst ending to a Raw I've seen in many a year, and that's really saying something. So Lashley's yeah. out. I'm really, really, we're supposed to believe that Riddle, that Matt. No, Riddle. no, I won't. I, I will. I am not backing up Matt Riddle personally or or, or entertainment wise. Nope. No, no, sorry. He's he, uh, he he's an asshole. Yeah, in life he's an asshole. I no, <laughs> sorry. He's someone I wouldn't pay a dime to see. Uh, and under ever dances. Nope. Uh, but I mean, but I mean that that's the first challenger to the the undisputed champion is is Matt Riddle. Uh, but again, but see how depleted they are. Cody's out. Randy Orton's out. You you didn't turn Seth. When you had the chance, and now who do we have? Now who do you have left? We got I, AJ. Yeah, it was a nice little reference to the Bullet Club that night. Yeah, that this was is for cool. Cody. That was a pretty cool moment. That was a cool considering moment. it was a pretty cool moment. Mm -hmm. Um, they just turned Edge face. Um, I I guess even I though guess. yeah he know. was one for he, he was a face three months ago, then he turned heel. And he has the best heel group in all of wrestling in either company. And then he gets thrown out. And now then we he gets beat up and he gets hit with a chair. And now we're we're supposed to cheer for him again. Just like that. How does that make him a how does that make him a face? And it does. You, yeah. So uh, yeah. So I don't know. The, the booking is terrible. And and things aren't going that much better in AEW because punks out uh we still don't know how long because uh we i we do know that it was a split that was hurt uh it did need surgery uh but we don't know how long he's going to be out uh but he's out um danielson is getting some rest uh cole adam cole baby is injured um but instead of elevating someone to that realm uh in the battle royal they went with kyle o'reilly over John Mox and with over, with John Moxley, you know Moxley was going to win. Uh, to and that winner of that will go to face whoever the Japanese, uh, I think it's Tahashi Tanahashi, and that winner of that match would be the interim champion. Uh, I, I'm hoping. Well, I'm not hoping. I'm I'm guessing it will be Tanahashi since that's what. Punk alluded to before his injury that he wouldn't mind wrestling Tanahashi, and that's that was on his 
uh, one of the people that he wanted to work with. He's, you know, punk has the list of punk or just people he wants to work with. And he's checked them all off, you know, Dax and um, uh, Ricky Starks and guys that he likes. So it would make, I, I just don't want to see Moxley as champion again. We've done that. We've been there. We've done that. And Moxley doesn't do anything for me. Um, certainly won't get more people to start watching AEW now. But the problem with putting it on Tanahashi is he's in Japan. And how often is he going to come to America? Or is he going to come fly in every week to uh, be AEW champion? It's almost, Craig, as if mm -hmm. working all year is a bad idea and always has been. This is not new. No. This, this litany of injuries to all company, you know, to all players no. within a company, uh, like dominoes That's in a right. row, yeah. Yeah. happened in the early nineties with the WWF, happened in the mid nineties with the WWE, happened in the old territory days where you'd lose three or four people at a shot, and it was a little harder to cover because using the territory, you had what you had. Yeah, and. It's almost as if working. So it's almost as if a sporting event or a perceived sporting event. She'd had seasons. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Just me. Yeah. It's not. It's not as if you have two or three marquee events every year that you could build these scenes around. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Even even AEW can make a marquee another marquee event. You have all out. You have all in or whatever, uh, double or nothing. Full. Get, you have the events. Yeah. I'm just saying, if they're in the history of wrestling, when all these guys go down, these men and women go down, and you're like, hey, yeah, I don't know what to do. I plan ahead. I don't know. Yes, plan ahead. You know, Dan, when uh, when this happened to Punk, and when it happened to to Cody, I I. I immediately thought of your man and how Doug Dillinger ruined uh, uh, the, almost the first a thing. whole years. Yes. Of booking. Yes. Um, just because he grabbed Sting's leg, yanked him down, Sting came down and ruptured his uh, Achilles, his uh, ruptured ACL. his whole knee, ACL, just and ripped his knee, knee apart. Ripped his knee, yes. Things said it felt like someone took a pole or a baseball bat and hit him in the back of the knee. Yeah. That's how bad it ripped. <laughs> and Sting was white hot. He, he, he was a horseman. He had turned on the horseman, and that was going to be the beginning of, after that pay-per-view, uh, Sting was going to get his match with Flair and go over, and Sting was going to beat Flair. Climbed the cage, Doug Dillinger tore his knee, and Sting's out for eight months. So now what do we do? What WCW had, though, was plenty of ammunition. In they had back backup. Pocket. They had backup. Turn Luger, turn Luger face. Okay, wasn't ideal, but Lex Luger. For anybody. Main event. Main event player, been a horseman, been a main event star with, against Flair, with Flair. Turn him face. 
still make tons of money. Wasn't Sting, but you still had a main event star. But I was just say, but you had something. Yes, you had you had you had ammunition. You had bullets in the chamber. Um, WWE and AEW don't they have, have an empty chamber right now. Not only do they have a chamber, empty chamber, they have no ammunition. Uh, and a couple of guys that the WWE that I said the WWE could use for ammunition. Hold on, Craig. Mm-hmm. Yes. No. Sure. Yeah. We it just drives me crazy, and it drives me crazy more. See him in AEW and them doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Keith fucking Lee. Yeah. And I don't really give a shit if people are like, it's just pushing him because he's black and that's the thing to do. No, assholes. Keith Lee is better than most of the guys on top. Yeah. I've seen the guy wrestle in front of 15 people and in front of 20,000. He's better than a lot. And there he was for WWE for the picking. A guy that if they weren't going to push it because you know, I have plans, Pally, would have almost no choice now. And he left and they're doing the exact same thing with him in AW, which is not. Yes. Yeah. So if we're going to go with the Craig Lagan school of wrestling, and I don't mean that as an insult. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're going to go with the, the old school way of wrestling, where is this is a athletic event. I don't want to put somebody's name on it because he's not well liked these days, but you know what I'm talking about? And he usually yes. has a tennis racket. Mm-hmm. Where believability, you're telling me that Ny- Nyla Rose is going to lose to a, I don't even remember her name now. Rio, the 90 pounds. Yeah, little Rio. Yeah. That's fine, but then did not have her win later. So you mean to tell me that in the sphere of reality, that <laughs> anybody on that roster can walk up to Keith Lee and fight that man? You're out of your fucking mind. So I'm just as annoyed at I'm just as annoyed at AEW with the Keith Lee thing as I was at the WWE where there is a superstar in the making and someone you could have used right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind AJ Styles, but I've seen AJ. I've seen him yes. on the top. Mm-hmm. And he'd be fine. He'll be fine at the top again. Fine. But you had other things going. Yeah. Damien Priest, if you're going to go with the Judgment Day thing, sorry, Craig, my final. If you're going to go with the Judgment Day thing, Damien Priest, Finn Balor, and Rhea Ripley, top, period. End of story. That should be your new shield. Rhea for the ladies, Damien Priest for the top card, and Finn Balor for the middle card. I fucking said it. Damien Priest should be world champion, but vice versa, but switch it, whatever. Yeah, you've you've beat up the guy, mm-hmm. one of the guys, whether or not he was passed, Craig, we agree. He's one of the guys as far as WWE. You put his ass into the ground. OK, now you're running the show. If they're anything but running the show and not alongside Bobby Lashley up at the top. What the fuck are we doing here? Sorry, that's just that's me ranting. No, I, I we have the same rant because my thing is Edge, who can talk for those guys was putting them over to me. That was like evolution. That was what triple H was doing with, with right. Randy and Batista. 
yeah. I'm going to get these guys over and die trying. And he did because he was Triple H. As much as I can't stand Triple H, what the guy did for what he's done for other people cannot be ignored. He's And I always said he's a guy that wrestles the other guy that makes all the money. But Triple H makes him look like a million bucks. And he got Randy and Batista over one young guy that had all the promise in the world and a big stiff who didn't know his ass from his elbow. And he made them, you know, main event superstars and stayed main event superstar. Randy Orton's going on 20 years now. Yep. It, it helped that Randy Orton makes them can do it. It makes it look like it's easy. Exactly. It's back. Yeah. Uh, third generation superstar. Yeah. Just his, his head was up his ass. <laughs> So, um, but <laughs> he's the guy, not up his ass no more. Yes, but he they, they, he had every single tool in the book, and he just needed again veteran guidance, and you can do that with somebody like that. Um, and with uh with Edge, that was a perfect scenario for Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. He's going to put these two guys over because he can talk. They don't even have to touch a mic. You put them in the ring. What do do what they do best? Damian Priest looks like a superstar. He looks like a, you put any championship on him, you believe it. It's believe he looks, he's a grown man. He's got bass in his voice. He can move and he can work. Rhea Ripley is a female rock. She's got this mainstream superstar written all over her. The reason I heard that they, that Edge wanted out or the Edge was, they got, they took Edge out was because they wanted to make it supernatural do all that all that Bray Wyatt shit the stuff that Bray Wyatt complained about his, oh, yeah. idea. get Bray Wyatt back yeah even better but if Bray didn't if they're if put it this way if Edge was leaving because of all the supernatural shit they they wanted him to do and he said no and Bray Wyatt left because he didn't like all the supernatural shit they were doing as much as I want to see Bray Wyatt come back, if the idea is him doing more of that supernatural shit that they ended up giving to Alexa, it, to me, it's just fucking stupid. If you want a heel group that doesn't need any supernatural shit, keep Judgment Day together for as long as fucking possible. They're the, again, they were the best heel group in either federation. And keep that going. Make main event superstars. The problem right now is because your undisputed champion is a heel, you're short on baby faces. And you really can't turn anyone right now. Austin Theory would be perfect, but you can't turn him right now because he's too good a heel. And it wouldn't make any sense. Lashley, you buried, or you have him in, in three straight matches with almost. Again, that settled nothing. And that, doesn't, that didn't do anything for either one of those guys. But you're short on baby faces, and like you, WCW and I just had ammunition. Hell, if, if look at Dusty, could always come back, and that would be more believable than in 1990 than anything that WWE has right now. And AEW, you're also shortchanging. Not only are you wasting Keith Lee, uh, or, or and Ricky Starks, and and Powerhouse Hobbs, those are your three main eventers right there guys that should be wrestling in the main events every week instead of Danny Garcia or, or Wheeler Yuta guys that can actually go Wardlow why doesn't that right after MJF why should put the TNT title on him right away like that same night 
or the very that that very Wednesday. He's got he's like fucking Big Bubba. All again, you look at Big Bubba, who is just a three hundred pound blob, but could work. He could take a, a a slingshot suplex from a guy that he's a foot taller than and weighed one hundred and fifty pounds more, and you accent his strength, you hide his weaknesses, and you get him over as a monster. Have him squash everybody, and you have an instant star. Wardlow has done nothing since, and he was the biggest star. He was the biggest guy, biggest star in AEW behind Punk Danielson and MJF. He's getting that massive pop with no music and no no pyro, no nothing. And what's he done since? Absolutely nothing. You didn't even put him. If you put him in that battle royal. And have him run through everybody and Moxley. You got and you got something, but no, they didn't do that. And they brought Wardlow out and said, "I don't want to face CM Punk unless I don't want to be in the battle royal for the world championship because I want to wrestle CM Punk. I want to wrestle the champion." Skipping over the fact that if you won the battle royal and you beat Moxley and you beat the Japanese guy, you would get to wrestle Punk. He'd be the first guy you wrestle. But why would you let logic get in the way of a good story? So my, I'm saying all that to say this. Both companies are have lost their top stars due to injury. It's snake bit. It, ha- it happens. Uh, not so many in a row like this for both companies are really sad. But the best antidote to that is to make new stars have them ready so if something like this happens you don't not you're not scrambling to put in to fill in pieces put in uh square pegs and round holes because riddle ain't the answer no No, Um, riddle ain't the answer he never will be the answer sorry (sighs) and yeah another possibility drew mcintyre's wrestling sheamus for the 180th time on smackdown Last Friday. That's because they kind of sound the same. Stupid. I hate it. Stupid. I hate it. Let's talk about things that make us happier, Craig. Yes. It's the store. It's time to hit. It's time for history. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about Iron Eagle. Um, Never say die. (laughs) Iron Eagle. Oh, my God. Uh, Never look back. Sorry. No, no, we can we can look back. That's what we're doing right now. We're looking. Oh yeah, back we're looking back because there's nothing in the present to uh, that's worth talking about. So, no, I'm just presence. Yeah, just presence. I'm gonna put on my cheaters so I can get a closer look at the past. There we go. Uh, gentlemen and ladies, thank you for staying with us so far on HIAC Talk Radio. Thank you for listening and for for watching us do what we do live. Uh, we're going to go back in time now to a uh, time when uh, a kinder, gentler uh, world of professional wrestling, when it wasn't sports entertainment, when uh, at, when wrestling actually meant something, when angles actually meant something, when titles actually meant something, when uh, world championships actually meant something, when they changed hands, when one world champion lost the belt, it was a big deal and it made sense and it got people packed into arenas in all 50 states and in 
high school gymnasiums and in coliseums and in war memorials and in bingo halls. Uh, professional wrestling was what we all came to know and to love. And we're going to go back now and look at a special week in professional wrestling. This, gentlemen and ladies, is a wrestling historian. Uh, we're going to go back to uh, June 10th, uh, 1983, in the Ooh. capital. Uh, some would say the, uh, the capital of uh, professional wrestling. It's St. Louis, Missouri former um, headquarters of the NWA, uh, where anyone is anyone who you come to wrestle, um, you had to go through St. Louis. Some would say the Keele Auditorium was the Madison Square Garden of the, the, uh, the West, uh, because if you can make it there, if you wrestled there in front of the NWA presidents, in front of the NWA Board of Governors, you know, it was a big deal. And uh, more world championships changed hands in St. Louis than in any other city uh, in professional wrestling history, uh, more NWA champions, the AWA championships have changed hands uh, in St. Louis and any place else. Well, June 10th was no exception because June 10th, 1983, Harley Race defeated Ric Flair for his seventh and final NWA championship. Ric Flair had, had been the NWA championship, had been the NWA champion since. September uh, 10th, 1981. And after a year or going on two years as champion, uh, he was starting to, it was starting to, to hit him. Um, he really hadn't had his footing and it was decided the NWA said, we were just going to give Rick a little break. Um, he had been champion uh, a year, going on two years straight and uh, it was starting to wear on him. So the decision was made to take the belt off of him and give it back to Harley Race. And uh, Harley did the old-fashioned uh, old double suplex, uh, tried and true method. Uh, Ric Flair had hit Harley with a belly-back suplex. Both wrestlers' shoulders were down. But at the count of two, Harley shot his left shoulder up. Referee counted to three. Flair's shoulders were still down, and Harley Race became, for the seventh time, the NWA champion. Thing is, Harley was kind of drowning in hardware because, see, Harley Race uh, was already the Central States heavyweight champion. He won that title June 2nd, and he was also the, the Missouri State heavyweight champion. <laughs> he won that title on May 13th. Okay, Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, yeah, he was he was Ultimo Dragon before there was Ultimo Dragon, so he had to uh, vacate both of those belts uh, to re to remain the NWA champion, uh, which he did. Uh, Flair got as much needed rest and uh, would return triumphant uh, six months later, and a Flair for the gold in the very first Starcade. But that's a wrestling historian for another time. Another time, gentlemen, for the, ladies and gentlemen. For this day, June 10th, belongs to the late, great Harley Race, winning it a uh, then record seventh time, beating the record held by Lufez, uh, was a six-time NWA champion. Harley Race was a seven-time world champion. And that was a record in all of professional wrestling. No champion had ever held a belt, the world championship, seven times. 
Uh, it's still you... hard to refer to Harley as dead because it's one of those guys that was immortal, I thought. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 Tim and uh, and I would say Bruno. I, I still can't believe he's gone but because he was just such a tough guy. Uh, you wouldn't think that anything like that, even something like death, there was always a, a joke about Harley, like, you know, with death can, can come and knock on once, twice, and Harley will still put his shoulder up uh, before a three. Uh, he was just that that tough a guy and always seemed, to me, I and I've said this many times on this podcast, he is the, the wrestler synonymous to me with the NWA championship. Uh, that gold uh, globe belt, uh, when I think of that, but I think of Harley Race. He made yeah. it um, what it is to me. And even when I see it now on someone like a Trevor Murdoch, I uh, will immediately think of, of Harley Race. Yep. Uh, that was June 10th, um, 1983. And that same date, June 10th, 20 years ago, Dan, it was an ill-fated Monday Night Raw, and the graphic, even though it was never used, uh, it still lives on, uh, but it was June 10th, 2002, when the rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin, walked off of Raw, out of the arena, and into a plane with a ticket home with him and his then-wife, Deborah, uh, when... Uh, presented with the main event of that Monday Night Raw of Steve Austin versus Brock Lesnar. No buildup, no hint at a feud. This is in, in wrestling terms, it's called a cold match, cold feud. Two main event stars that wrestle each other without any prior uh, hint or feud or anything like that, just a cold match. And Brock Lesnar was going to go over Steve Austin that night. And Steve Austin has, has since talked about this on his very own podcast. Uh, he had no problem Brock Lesnar going over him. The problem was uh, everything I just said. There was no buildup. There was no hint at it at all. If you're going to have a Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Brock Lesnar match, Sell some fucking tickets. Put it on a pay-per-view. Put it in a stadium. Promote the living shit out of it for weeks, months. Make it mean something. How many times have I said that on this very podcast? Well, Steve Austin didn't get the answers to any of that. So 20 years ago, this this year. Man, uh, walked out. He walked out of Raw. And um, eventually came back, but that was, um, uh, we saw the, the beginnings of the Austin McMahon um, temp, um, temperament just kind of being fractured then. You know, what made, some would say what made, uh, would Austin still have been Austin if not for the Mr. McMahon feud? Austin was already over, super over, but the McMahon feud put him on another level but their relationship behind the scenes was always respectable, but at the same time, tenuous at best, especially when it came to stuff like that um, with ideas that Austin have, would, would have, or in ideas that McMahon had um, 
they weren't always, you know, on the same page. And that was a perfect example of that, of McMahon wanted to give away a Brock Lesnar versus Stone Cold Steve Austin match for free on free television without even, uh, hey, this time next week, Austin versus Lesnar for the first time ever. Nope. Just, hey, welcome to Monday Night Raw. Our main event tonight is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Brock Lesnar. What? No, but <laughs> it's amazing that 20 years ago, the WWF made one of the biggest mistakes ever by uh, not promoting a big time match. And now AEW does it all the time. Or instead of making it something, they just they all they all do it all the time. Now it's just like, oh, it's just happening. You know, mm. the indies still do it. The indies thinking we can't build anything. You can build it. Oh, yeah. If you you just, build it. Just, they will come hard. Yeah. <laughs> that, is what she, that is what she said. And, and they will. And they will. Yeah. Um, uh, June 11th, 2006. Hard to believe this was 16 years ago, Dan. Uh, the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, the ECW's second one night stand in one of the biggest, you know, people say bipartisan crowd. This was a partisan crowd. Um, there was only 2,460 people in the Hammerstein bar ballroom, Dan, but God damn it. It sounded, sounded like, like 38,000. Yes. Yeah. 30,000. Yes. Man, that was loud. The challenger, Rob Van Dam, um, challenging for the WWE heavyweight championship held by John Cena. John Cena doing the defiant, most, most defiant walk to the ring of any champion, holding the belt high above his head uh, as he walked to the ring. And one of the great moments in wrestling history still uh, when Cena would do his ritual, taking off his shirt and throwing it to the crowd. But this time in the Hammerstein Ballroom, shirt came back. Cena took it. Threw it again. Threw it back to another side of the crowd. Shirt came back. Third time's a charm. Athena pointed to someone he thought would actually accept it. Threw it. Kid caught it. Everyone liked it. But then, throw it back. Throw it back. Throw it back. Shirt came back. Um, the match itself was very good. Obviously, John Cena and Rob Van Dam had a hell of a had a hell of a match. It was two guys that knew what they were doing. Uh, referee gets bumped, and uh, Rob Van Dam hits a five-star frog splash, one of the highest he'd ever had in his career. And who, of all people, comes down to count the fall but the owner of ECW himself, Paul Heyman. And Rob, Paul Lee, Rob Van Dam, 16 years ago this week, defeats John Cena for the WWE Heavyweight Championship in an ECW arena. Um, absolutely amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, big pop. Um, and, you know, we talked about earlier in this episode, Jeff, uh, Jeff Hardy and his demons. And um, but with, Je with Jeff, Jeff had, you know, we didn't have to worry about what might have been with Jeff because Jeff has... has uh, surpassed all of you know his dreams you know we thought the hardy boys as just simply a tag team 
but Jeff Hardy was, has been a three-time world heavyweight champion. Um, beat it, beat Edge, beat CM Punk, beat, you know, beat Triple H. You know, he's, he's done all that. Rob Van Dam, however, uh, he's a what-if story. Because had he and Sabu not been stopped by those policemen in Philadelphia after a match, I think he would have had a longer run as a, as a WWE champion, but we will never know. <laughs> you naughty boy. You naughty, you naughty, naughty boy. And June 11th, I have to uh, put this out. It's not something to celebrate. It's just something that happened. Um, and we saw many tributes uh, earlier this week uh, from his sons and from well-wishers and people that knew him well. His fingerprints are still all over some of the best wrestlers in the world today. Uh, Steven Regal had a great tribute to him. Seth Rollins had a great tribute to him. But June 11th, 2015, we lost my favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, it's, it's still weird for me to say this, the late, great American dream, Dusty Rhodes. You know, he's a butt of a, he's a butt of a lot of jokes, but he is the American dream. Yeah, baby. Oh, baby, if you will. In uh, Dusty Rhodes, man. In public, if you will. <laughs> That's what we're going to do, baby. So we're going to come in the ring. <laughs> and I say that the other guy's going to leave, right? And it's going to be behind the scenes, so we're not going to know what's happening. And then, and then, what's his name? Uh, Barry Windham. That's it. Forgot. <laughs> He's going to come in the ring, dress ass thing. He's going to take the pinfall from the theater. Nobody's going to know what's happened in a good way. And then things going to come out and we're all going to be confused. Mostly because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> at this juncture. <laughs> it's not a bad Dusty. It's not the it's best. It's a great Dusty. dusty. It's interesting. It's, I'll take it. Thank you. It's a great Dusty. And that's exactly how it was presented to Sting. And that's exactly yes, how. Yeah. And then you come in. And then see the bell's gonna ring and people are gonna go, what the fuck just happened? Including the kids. They're gonna curse because it's I think it's Chicago and they curse in Chicago. And and then you're gonna just come in the ring, we're gonna pinfall it. We're not even gonna have it mic'd up right, so nobody on TV is gonna know what's gonna happen, baby. It's gonna be great. You live it cut up, if you will. In public, if you will. Public, if you will. Dusty Rhodes had a fucking I still when I tell people this. Because it's a weird crossroads that this world yeah. has. I should have been born in the South. Not more of my political beliefs. <laughs> but because I watch wrestling, hockey, which people go Southern hockey. Trust me, Southern hockey is a fucking thing. I don't it's know if you thing. know this, but the last two Stanley Cup champions were in Florida. Yes. Uh, I know that's technically not the South, but you get my point. Yeah. There's a hell of a Southern hockey contingent. In fact, another connection is Mr. Ron Fuller ran two professional hockey teams and made tons of money on those professional hockey teams. My point is, <laughs> if you will. But then, of course, Ron Fuller was a huge name in wrestling, minus the plantation outfit. Um, yeah. hey, we're not going to talk about that. Excellent <laughs> on the inflation play. Um, but another connection was Dusty Rhodes at one point. I used to watch Monster Truck Racing religiously. I still mm -hmm. do. I used to, I still do, but I used to too, Mitch Hedberger. Um, <laughs> I used to take drugs. Well, I still do, but I used to too. One of my favorite lines ever. Um, <laughs> he did a stint 
in color commentating monster truck racing. Oh, really? I didn't know this. Yes. And one of my favorite videos that I have up is I found one of my old tapes and was watching it when I converted to DVD. Uh, to DVD. Wow. DVD. Um, is him explaining. Is him explaining. The way this truck, this particular truck driver, is going to use his transmission. I got to play. It's fucking hilarious. It's one of the funniest. Uh, let me find this. Hold on. Hold there on. it is. Yeah, here it is. I'm going to see. I see if you can hear this. The dream and I have been hanging out around the monster trucks down here. We've discovered a couple of things. First of all, there is a stellar field of monster truck drivers here tonight. David Morris, last year's champion in the equalizer. Eric Tack in the Bigfoot, Eric Meager in the Firestone Wilderness, and Dan Patrick in the Samson. And I understand, Green, that you've been around the Samson truck and discovered something kind of interesting about it. Well, not all these monster trucks are alike, Dave Byrne. Dan Patrick has installed a little box up by his left hand. Not a manual shift, you will. It's like the Indy car. It's right up by his hand. He can do all the shifting he wants. Long runs by shift three times. Short track tonight. You look for Dan Patrick to shift just to let that engine know. Then it's a longer run going on here. Mike taking the victory. Now, he's also got one of the more interesting truck stream, that, that big arm on the front. Where are you supposed to get the ideas for things like that? America's where he gets it, just like this choice. Green, green, beef right here. The American Dream Dome, the Samson Dome, going to win tonight. Wow. Samson didn't win that night. No. Uh, but I've titled the I've titled the video Dusty No Shifted. Yes, because the shift. But there. like he doesn't know what he's talking about, but he fucking sold me as if he knew what he was talking about. Exactly. But yeah. he that came into deal when Dusty was in the NWO in 97, 98. Mm -hmm. And the NWO took over that TV show. Yeah. And they made it edgy and cool on TNN, the Nashville Network, Network. if you will, because everything was really white in those days on the Nashville Network. I don't know why. But yeah, I, I will go back whenever I need to chuckle and to get fired up about something. I will look up that video that I posted of Dusty talking about shifting in, in early 98 uh, for the Samson Monster Truck. Mon Samson, grade A, beef. Samson, going to win tonight, baby. But yeah, dude, it was Dusty Rhodes. I mean, yeah. Dusty Rhodes drew more money than half these kids will see in their, their, their fucking lifetime. And that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that he was booking me. I'm booking me because I don't trust myself. I am that good. That's why, baby. And and the guys that booked themselves, you know, you you look at a Dusty and you look at a Jerry Lawler. Um, Dusty, not only when he booked himself, but he also had the key. He, he could spot talent. And I, I mentioned what I mentioned earlier when I was talking about Wardlow, the top of the show. He saw Ray Trailer this big bulbous fat guy that looks like he could work and should work in a car wash and about me or Ray he, trailer i was talking about ray trailer I wasn't oh, talking about you. but but a, but i mean dusty can look at you and make you one of the best managers in the world because he sees talent he he'll accentuate what you can do well which is talk he looked at ray trailer and saw this big 350 pound guy that could take a slingshot suplex from a five foot ten tully blanchard and said, I can do something with that guy. Listen, I need you to not catch Jim Cornette. <laughs> Don't catch him. 
stay outside of the ring. Don't be anywhere near your queue. I want the videotape advertisement for six years to be Jim Cornette screaming in a falsetto. It'd be great. But he took that same guy, and in less than a year, he was a main event talent without wrestling a single match. And Dusty Rhodes versus Big Bubba at yep. the Pittsburgh Civic Center drew 16,000 people and is still the largest crowd to ever see a wrestling match in Pittsburgh. Yep. That was Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, baby. Everybody, you know, everybody makes those comments about him booking, but again, in the same breath, and you can't say this, but every booker has the downturn. Look at every booker. Exactly. Period. But, the but at the same breath, everybody talks about taking that polka dots and making that work. Mm. Dusty's like, you know, Vince ain't going to, Vince ain't going to make me a chump, and he didn't. Nope. And I, again, SummerSlam 90? Is it 90? Where after Sapphire turns on him. Yeah. And he cuts that promo and he ends up leaving the company anyway. Yeah. But he cuts that promo and you're, re I'm ready. This is 30 years ago and I'm ready to tear a fucking building apart for him. I'm like, all right, Dusty, what are we doing? Who are we killing? I'm ready. I just heard, I, I just heard a great Dusty Road story from a guy that I don't give two shits about. Um, not so much, I don't have a problem with him, not so much as politics, but Brodus Clay did an interview where he talked about, he was supposed to be, he was supposed to have Mark Henry's gimmick. He was supposed to have the Hall of Pain. He had a great look and well, the, mm. well Vince liked him and sure. he was going to be in the Hall of Pain. Um, and took a left turn and they wanted him to be the Funkasaurus. And he didn't want to do it. Absolutely not. Because they wanted him to dance because Vince loves dancing. I don't know why he likes his wrestlers to dance. Oh, because he can't now. dance. So I don't know why. But Vince likes to dance. He Again, he's not good, but he likes it. He likes when his wrestlers dance. Um, and he didn't want to do it. Enter Dusty Rhodes. And he told and Brodus came then he's no, I'm I'm not doing it. I don't I don't even know how to dance. And he told Brodus a story about how he was given polka dots and how he was given shit on a plate and here make something of this. And he said, now you think you're better than me? You are you are you you're not good enough to do this? You can make it work because you're you. You see what I mean? He talked yes. about Brodus and now we got stuck with Brodus Clay is that thing. But Dusty fact, created stars we didn't even want. But he, but he was. This is someone he was not going to. He even went to Undertaker. Brodus went first and, and said, "Um, they want me to do this Funkasaurus and they want me to dance and it's it's stupid. I feel stupid." And what would and Undertaker goes fall? <laughs> no, he's no, he said fall. He says what? When you come out of the 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 entrance, just fall. You'll never do it again, and they'll <laughs> never ask you to just just fall. And Brodus goes, huh, is that what you would do? Undertaker goes, no, I do what I was told. <laughs> that's a, listen, that's a good answer. Yes. Oh, is that what you did? No, I do it. <laughs> no, I no, I, I said, no, I, I do what I was no, told. No, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that story. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. Again, I don't give it too quick. <laughs> 
do shits about Brodus Clay, but he told a great Dusty Rhodes story. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't give it. I don't. And, and again, you know what? I forgot about him. And then I remember he's on those Fox Nation commercials. Yeah, which, that's a HNP. Yeah. Oh, that's an HNP. But and then I remember. Oh yeah, I remember that being enjoyable. And then I'm like, but we couldn't push Keith Lee. No. It just brings us back around again. Anyway, Dusty Rhodes, rest in peace. Happy birthday. Again, yes. Thank you. And he was still not on Earth long enough. No, not long enough. As as many memories you gave us, not long enough. But today in wrestling history, Dan, 1989. The remiss if I did not talk about this uh, because it's worth talking about. um, One of the big debuts that people remember where they were when uh, certain wrestlers debuted. You know, we talk about on this. You know. Chris Jericho, despite him going off the rails now, still had the greatest debut of any wrestler I've ever seen in the yeah. WWE. Um, same thing with, with, with Brock Lesnar, CM Punk's return to AEW, one of the great debuts. On this date, June 14th, 1989, uh, Clash of Champions uh, at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, very hot in there. Um and uh, we're remembered as uh, Rick Steamboat versus Terry Funk and Lex Luger turning on him afterwards. Um, the finals of the NWA Tag Team Tournament, the Freebirds finally winning the NWA Tag Team Championship despite not being the Freebirds. Michael Hazen, Jimmy Garvin, Terry Gordy, and Buddy Roberts nowhere to be seen. Hence, they are not the Freebirds. But um, this Clash of Champions, which did a 3.8, by the way, will forever be known as the debut of the Ding Dongs. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a wrestling historian. And you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter at Craig Lagon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S as I leave Dan to stir in those juices. (laughs) Follow me on Twitter. Dan Law 83, all social media platforms. Listen to HIC Talk Radio and the other shows on our network. You go to our podcast app on your phone. Type in HIC Talk Radio Network, the new purple and green logo. Like, share, subscribe, follow, pay, whatever you got to do. Listen to the show. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. The Stadium Journey podcast is there. Uh, Manic Mixtape, Nerd Herders, and of course, the one you're listening to right now, HIAC Talk Radio, the home of the Ding Dongs. For Craig Lagans, I am not the above average comedian, uh, Dan Calciuga anymore. I'm the other guy. Keep it on the paper. <laughs>